I'm back with another episode of Cosplay Bites, the show about cosplay conventions and all the nerdy bits and bites. Um, for this episode, I have with me Ejin, who's mostly known for um, his books that are titled um, Cosplay in America. He has about two out, but um, yeah, so uh, how's it going? It's going pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing great. So... Before we get into all that, there's just the regular housekeeping stuff. Um, for those first-time listeners, uh, Cosplay Bite is a show that I run mainly talking about cosplay and all the conventions that are running around and, you know, like just featuring cosplayers and talking about other conventions that they've gone to. And um, it's available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and a whole bunch of other platforms that it just opened up for me. Um, but uh, if you could uh, rate and review the show, that would help out a lot. Um, over on my uh, blog, The Lightning Palace, um, you can check out um, this past week's um, features on cosplayers like um, Jenny Belly's Espeon, 89 Styles, Vulgin, and an upcoming. I have Bombshell Cosplay in her Underwatch Zarya and Stella Chu as 2B. And I guess got a whole bunch more planned, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks. I just got to set everything up. And uh, shout out to my current uh, patrons over on my Patreon. I have Shaylin, Noah, Coralia Jade, Oh My Sophie, Kat Yuska Moonfox, Mink the Seder, and Nicole Marie Jean. And yeah, that takes care of all of that stuff. So, um,. Yeah, so first off, um, yeah, so my guest is Ejin. He's mostly known for the um, Cosplay in America books, and uh, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, okay, let's see here. I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I moved to California about 10 years ago. Can you please see <laughs> I apologize about that. I'm actually watching my sister's kids, and this she kind of threw this upon me. And she's like, you got the kids for two hours? I'm like, uh, okay, sure. You know? <laughs> so, um, Houston, Texas. Myself, let's see here. What can I say about myself? I started, my first convention was 08. That was AMA Expo. Okay. That was the first year that AMA Expo moved to downtown Los Angeles, because for years it was... Anaheim, Long Beach, somewhere kind of far from where I was. Right, right. And so um, AX is where I actually got the idea of like, now you got to remember, this is 2008. So social media was basically MySpace at that time. That's true, so yep. There weren't really that many, um, social media was not social media as we know it today. So at that time period, I thought the best way to get out what's going on at conventions is through books. So that's how the book came about back in 2008, or actually 2009. So it's been a while. I've seen a lot of changes in the right. cosplay scene, you know, and it's going to keep changing too. So I can't wait to see what happens in the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So from what I remember, like seeing your post about your books, um, Cosplay in America was about uh, you traveled to – well, okay, so uh, it was in America. So you traveled to like five different conventions, but it took me a second. Come on, I'm getting tired over here. 
It's okay. It's Saturday. Yeah. It's a day of rest or yeah. it's Sunday. Day of rest. No, but that's... anyway, yeah. First book was five conventions. And the tricky thing was like, I was going to places I've never been to before in my life. Like I went to Anime Week in Atlanta. I've never been to Atlanta before I actually went to an anime convention. And it's kind of interesting because I've, it's kind of influenced me to travel for conventions, you know, like now I want to go to foreign countries and go look at their conventions and then spend a few days, you know, exploring the city itself. Right. So it's kind of interesting, but it was five the first time. Okay. Second book was 20 cities. 20 cities. Well, that also, that book, the second book took three years to do. That was. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, uh, that was, that was crazy. That the first book only took me seven months to travel to because it was all in one year. So I started at, uh, wait, Phantom, I started Phantom A and I ended at Otakon? No. I actually can't remember now. But it was like it was like five <laughs> conventions over like six months, or seven months, or something like that. Well, that might have been a fun, crazy ride. Yep, <laughs> inexpensive too. Inexpensive. I only had <laughs> that's the truth. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know you can room with people because if I knew you could room with people, <laughs> I would have just like done that. But I didn't know anything about that. That was my first time out of the state for a convention. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm in a hotel room. You know, so uh, now I know better. Now I can actually travel now. pretty well. You know, <laughs> I've been up with people. Oh, man. Okay, so did you say that Anime Expo was your first convention ever? Uh, okay, my first convention ever would have been some comic book convention my dad took me when I was 10. I don't even name, I don't even remember the name of the convention at all. Okay. And I only spent like two hours there, and I was really young, so I don't even... I just remember seeing white boxes of comic books and I was just, you know, like excited because they were comic books. Yeah. Yep. That's a comic convention yeah. for you. A lot of, a lot of white lawn boxes. I know I got a couple in my room right now. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I find it fascinating how comic books, comic cons have changed from like a room with just white boxes to like, you know, um, vendors selling all kinds of geekum stuff. Like, it's yep. not. It's kind of broadened. I mean, now I see insurance companies selling stuff there. You know, I don't know about you, but I feel like the uh, what do you call it? Progressive Insurance. Yeah. Or State Farm or something like that. Yep. They, they all have booths. I re I recall seeing Geico having booths at conventions. I think, and gaming conventions to some extent. I know, like um, universities that specialize in gaming programs, they'll have like booths there to like showcase their school and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's really kind of interesting to think about because, but it makes sense. Like they want to go target lots of people. And I mean, come on, conventions have really grown up over the past eight years. It's just become part of the past decade or so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you say Comic-Con to anybody in the country, they know what you're talking about, but you say Comic-Con maybe 10, 15 years ago, People be, they may not be, you know, understanding of it. Unless you said maybe San Diego Comic Con, then maybe they'll probably figure it out. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah. So, what was your um first experience with cosplay? Like, when did you first like see it or like really get into it? That would be Anime Expo. Okay, so I okay. knew about cosplay because of the internet, but <laughs> but you know, so. My first time going to see uh, 
cosplayers was actually at Anime Expo. And it was a kind of, it's a different experience to see them like online versus in person because you can interact with them and some of them would actually, you know, be in character. So that was pretty awesome. And so I got a better appreciation. I think I got better appreciation from meeting them than I did actually just looking at pictures online. Right. And so then what compelled you to do like your books? Like, uh, like I said before, social media wasn't that big and I wanted people to know about this. So I figured the best way to show people is to make a book. And the other reason is because I was a photographer by trade. So I was already, I think, I think all photographers want to make their own books. So I think in the back of my mind, I've always been like wanting to do my own books. And I was always working for other photographers because I worked as a photo assistant. And sometimes when you work all the time working for other people, you have your own passion and you want to make your own thing, right? Right. So it just kind of came together. Now, obviously, it was probably not a good time because if you remember 2009, 2010, that was an economic crisis. It was crazy back then. Yeah. So I didn't have that much money, but I had credit cards. So, <laughs> okay. So, okay. So uh, in college, so I, I don't know if they do it anymore, but in the old days, they would have people like give out like t-shirts. If you get a free t-shirt, you sign up for a credit card because they want people to sign up for credit cards. I was stupid. I signed up for a bunch of credit cards and I got way over my head and I had to work off a lot of years to pay it off. But I put it in my head like, oh, I can actually get out of this if I wanted to. I can actually pay off my debt and then, you know, move on with my life. So when a book came, the book uh, thing came around, I was thinking to myself, well, I can go into debt 20, 20 grand or so. It doesn't, I mean, it, it, it won't hurt me as much because I can, I can pay it off. You right. know? I already paid off like 20 grand before previously. So yeah. I think if I didn't get into trouble with credit cards in the first place, I wouldn't have known that I could actually pull off this, the first book like this. Right. And I was kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, think about it. Think about it. Let's, let's think about this. So who would be crazy enough to go spend 20 grand on a book? Like, it's kind of like outrageous if you think about it, but... I don't know why I did it. I'm very happy it worked out because I got out of debt within three years. Yep. I just went to Art Valley continuously for three years straight. And so right. I managed to up all my debts. But uh, I usually don't recommend people do what I do because it wasn't exactly like the sanest idea. It wasn't the smartest idea at the time, yeah. But, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're here now. Yeah. Um so do you still find time to go to conventions often throughout each year or i okay so back in 2011 12 i was hitting 20 conventions a year i'm down to like 10 conventions a year okay most of them are local so i would say a good 33 of them are in texas so the most i would travel is three hours and i still travel oh, that's not bad no. Yeah, Texas is a pretty big convention. I'm I'm sorry. There's a big it's a pretty big state with a lot of conventions. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, so I still go to conventions. Um I think I'm hitting up ten this year, maybe eleven. But right. um you have to be careful because there's a thing called burnout and I burnt out really hard like a few years ago. Yeah, no. And I mean it's pretty, I think this is actually pretty normal for anybody because, you know, they find out about conventions, they go to one convention, they're like, oh, this is fun, let's go to another one. And they go to another one, the next thing you know, they're hitting like, you know, five conventions a year or more. And then there's a point where you just kind of burn out. Yeah, 
burnout in like terms of like your energy, your time, your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I know. Yeah, back then I would do three or four a year, but now they've just gotten so expensive and yeah, other adult responsibilities where I try to restrict myself to maybe two to two to three a year, and they're always like the big ones that I always go to. So like I have um New York Comic Con in two weeks. Oh no, worry. Oh, oh, that's great. Oh man, yeah. are you going to New York Anime? I mean, sorry, Anime New York. No, I'm not that big into anime. Hmm. I'm more of a gamer and a comic book guy. So I mean, I have Comic Con in two weeks, and then after that, like the only other convention I went to this year was uh, PAX East for oh, a yeah, day yeah. with some friends. But it's I'm still hoping Boston, right? the one in Boston, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hoping to maybe go to PAX East again if things work out and like just go the full weekend, like just to go with my friends because that was a lot of fun instead of like how I used to be like going to cons by myself. Um, and I'm trying to see if I can hit up um, Katsukon this year. I mean, next year. This year, next I next year, yeah. yeah, this year I couldn't because of um the changes they made in terms of um you can't yeah lock- I know. You can't lobby yeah. con it anymore. That's how I was able to go the last two years. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of understandable. It is, yeah. But back, to, but back to PAX. Have you thought about going to PAX West or South or even PAX Australia? <laughs> if I had the money and the time, I would. I'd love to go to more out-of-state con. Like, like Katsukon is the farthest I've ever went. And I'm on the East Coast. How far is that from you? So from Rhode Island to like i think it was like either atlanta georgia or somewhere where it was like relatively close to like where the con is that was like a (sighs) close to maybe a 10 hour train ride maybe a little bit less wow yeah that's kind of great that you live in a part of country where trains are actually a really good form of transportation. Yeah, that's yeah. how I was able to go to yeah, like that's how I was able to go to Pax East for one day. So we do. I just took the train um, in the morning and then just came back to the where I left my car at night. So that worked out really well. Um, yeah, I'd I'd love to go. Excuse me. I'd love to go to um. I'd love to go to Dragon Con at least once. Like I'd love to go to, I'm not a big guy, uh, Blizzard games fan, but I would love to experience maybe BlizzCon at least once because I know a lot of people like they bring out their their big stuff at that con. They do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know New York Comic Con had beaten San Diego in terms of attendance, but I would just love to experience San Diego at least once, like the OG convention of them all. Yeah, I mean, I think started in like 1970, I think, or 69, or some. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Um. So, do you have any particular favorite convention that you've been to over the years? That's a really tough question because it changes a lot. It's. Ch- I tell people, um, if you're coming from out of this country, I tell people go to Dragon Con. But uh, if you can only go to one con a year, I say Dragon Con. Yeah. But it also depends on what you're looking for because I say Dragon Con only because for costumes. Like if you're looking for merchandise or exclusives, I would say go to New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con. You know, right. so it depends on what you're looking for. 
Um, other favorite cons, I like NakaCon in Kansas City because it's kind of like a nice, small, or well, mid-sized, homey convention. Sure. Um, SenshiCon in Anchorage, Alaska is not really nice. It's really different to, up, to be up, you know, away from the 48 states. Um, I'm sure there's more. I mean, let me see. I would say that for people who want to live in a place where there's lots of conventions to live in Southern California, because there's about a hundred conventions within a three hour driving distance of Los Angeles. Yeah, there, so, there's a ton in California. It's crazy. I'm like, how does anybody, you know. I mean, they, they, it is a big state, but yeah, sometimes the amount of cons that are there just like baffle me. It's just too much, but I mean, but if you think about it, so the three states with the most conventions are actually California, Texas, and Florida. So and those are also three of the largest states in the in the country too, as well. That makes so, sense. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, right. So like, I can't keep track of Florida conventions. There's just too many of them. There's <laughs> too, too many of them. So I, I gave up trying. I gave up trying. <laughs> oh man, um, do you have? Are there any types of like cosplays itself that like really that are your favorite or like excite you the most? Like, are you a fan of like the sewing or the armor work or? I, so my favorite one is the mashups or the crossovers because I like taking two different things and putting it together into one thing because it tricks your it doesn't really trick your brain but your brain has to stop for a second and just reconfigure like what you're actually seeing and then you have yeah. to pull it together and. I love it when people do that. I love it when people put their individual twist on their costume, like um, the Native American Captain America from San Diego Comic Con. I don't know if you saw that picture online. You know, I think I might have. Yeah, yeah I like it when people trying to do that. Yeah, I know. Um, there's one cosplayer that I'm featuring on my blog soon that um, was shared by another cosplayer that I follow, but uh, he mashed up um, Green Lantern with Captain America. Like he See? Just, yeah, that just I like that kind of stuff. Like um also the kind of weird mashups, like um you've probably seen this. It was the one I wonder if it's the same person that's been doing it, but um she did Taco Bell. Yeah. So so yeah, for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so for those who don't understand, um it's Belle from Beauty and the Beast in her like iconic golden yellow dress. But the bottom half of the dress, or like the dress itself, is shaped and made like a taco. Like that's just—I don't know where people come up with this stuff. <laughs> I don't know, but that's amazing. I think there's two different girls doing those. I've seen one that's more like viral than the other one, but right. I've seen, and I don't even know where they're from. I mean. The problem I have sometimes is like I see pictures on Instagram, but nobody ever tags anybody. So I'm like, I don't know who these people are. So I can't contact them to interview them. Right. No. <laughs> uh, I'm also a huge fan of uh, Gajinkas. So, like, oh, yeah. All the Pokemon Gajinkas, they get me going. They're just like, oh my gosh. Like, I know. You should definitely, you should definitely go to Katsukon then. Katsukon? Oh, yeah. No, that's a big spot for Gajinkas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also just the scenery is just like beyond perfect for like photo shoots galore. It's insane. It's kind of like crazy. If you've never been there before, it's almost like there's water-to-wall photographers everywhere. Yeah. You know, 
But it's kind of funny because MAGFest is in the same location, and I hear that, and I've never been to MAGFest myself personally, so I don't know, but I hear that it's much easier to get photo shoots and stuff done there. And I think it's like a month before Katsu, I think. I'm not totally yeah, sure. Yeah, I think like MAGFest is usually in January, and then KatsuCon is in February. Yeah, I don't know. I guess... Yeah, I don't know, because I think MAGFest is more like a retro gaming convention. From what I heard, I think it is, and there's also a music aspect to it, too. So I guess people don't really associate it with cosplay as much, but then you go to KatsuCon, which is like it's the anime convention. It's like mostly anime, but um, yeah, people just um, associate it with cosplay, and you're just like, oh, let me let, let's bust out all the beautiful, gorgeous stuff that I've been working on since like late last year. And well, it's going crazy. I mean, it is like the first one of the first major conventions of the year. You think about it. OhioCon's first in where is it? Well, it's in Ohio, obviously, but it's in January, and then February comes and it's KatsuCon. Yep. KatsuCon is actually it's like a real interesting thing because it's a five star hotel, and usually five star hotels and anime conventions don't mix too much. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I mean, come on, you know why? And I'm sure you've seen the stuff on Twitter where somebody was spray painting the fire. Uh, the what's it called the uh, the stairway they they were spray paint stuff so there's marks on the ground oh. yeah you know but I mean I've, uh, I've, yeah I've seen the stories yeah yeah you know but I, I think that kind of it kind of comes to the territory I mean when you get anime conventions or comic book conventions or actually any huge group of people together something's bound to happen yeah unfortunately yeah unfortunately um let me see what else i could mention here um i do want to ask about rhode island comic-con how big is that convention so okay so rhode island comic-con it's gotten bigger mm -hmm. um because at the time like the first couple of shows um it was only restricted to the um rhode island convention center Mm -hmm. But then I guess when they realized like this is too much of a small space or when they were realizing, oh, we're getting bigger and bigger and getting more guests and whatnot, they also opened up the um, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which is like an arena. There's a Dunkin' Donuts Center? Wow, that's a great name. Well, yeah, I guess Dunkin' Donuts must have had a hand in uh, paying for the for it to be built. But um, it's basically where like all the events, like concerts, like hockey games, basketball mm -hmm. games, but they... So they added that in and they're kind of like connected together, both the convention center and the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So like I went one year where they connected the two and it definitely helped, but it's like you go into the Dunkin' Donuts Center and it's like very weird from being what I used to be seeing it because the time that I would go there were like for hockey games back when I was little. So then like to see it like all covered up in like just like regular like hardboard like basketball like type floored and then like you just have a bunch of vendors all lined up yeah in that I area those, uh, i call those stadium cons yeah yeah that's what i call those uh yeah there's school con library con yeah convention con stadium cons yeah some some vendors will be part there um i know one year i think several cosplayers i knew that were there i think it was um Lind Cosmetics and uh, Ricky, they were there one year, but they were they were first in the convention center, but then they got moved, I guess, because of some weird difficulty. They got moved over to the stadium area, so it was very weird. It's uh, 
it can get crowded. Um, the convention center has more of the vendors and um, more of the area where you line up to go see some, if you want to meet celebrities or if you want to go get your comic book signed. Um, it's, it's getting bigger. I'm always amazed when I look on like Facebook and I see them do guest announcements and it's just like, where do they get the money to pay to bring these people on? Like they've had like prolific, like star Wars actors, prolific, like Avengers actors go to the show. It's like, I did not realize my state that had this kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> But that's kind of crazy because that's actually one of the conventions I actually want to go to. Like, there's, there's, my secret dream is to travel to basically a convention in every state in the country. I'm not oh. even anywhere near close to that, but really, yeah. But uh, but Rhode Island is actually on my list. So is Connecticut, but Connecticut is more of a. I don't even know what kind of. It's not. It's a costuming. I don't think Connecticut is a comic book convention. Is it? I don't know. Oh, I can't. I. Um... I don't really know. I mean, I've definitely heard of it, but I don't really know. Yeah. I know. I don't know if Hartford Comic Con exists anymore. I think it still does. It still does because I know I went there one year. I've been to Boston Comic Con a couple of years. Um, because then I think Boston Comic Con changed venues, where it was at. Uh, I want to say it was this like the Seaport place or something in Boston, but then it got changed to where um the Hind Center where PAX East is held. Yeah. So that yeah, that got changed because I was there um two years ago with my dad and it was there. And I had been there before at this new location. But um yeah it's interesting some of the venues that these conventions will have. Like you said, like I definitely have seen and heard of like library cons or cons like in like school gymnasiums or whatnot it's interesting yeah. interesting i think um, it's pretty awesome because that means like cons are becoming more accepted because when i was a kid i mean the cons at usc would be comic book conventions and it wouldn't be like people wouldn't really know about it unless you knew about it through the comic book store that you went to you know yeah and now libraries have it and i'm like this is amazing like convention live great you know right. i'm just curious how far it's going to go because at some point, there'll probably be a tipping point, you know, like they're going to reach an apex. Right. Right. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, so I've never actually gotten a chance to like get a copy of one of your books, but I'm curious, like, so what are they? I guess both books are essentially identical in certain ways, just different in terms of like sizing and content. But like, so do you interview cosplayers? Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So the first book was very photo intensive. It was just pictures of cosplayers with a few quotes. Uh, the second book, the reason why I went to 20 cities and took three years is because I would actually follow cosplayers as they go through fabric stores, thrift stores. I would follow them home. While they were making their costumes, I would follow them to hotels day zero while trying to finish her costume. I would follow them out on a convention floor. It was kind of like a look at convention culture. Yeah. All right, there we go. Yeah, that was interesting. I'll fix it. So, all right, you're talking about cosplay culture. 
Well, see, I felt that yeah. people were, okay, so if you type in cosplay into Google, you get an idea of what cosplay is, and they're usually taking pictures, they're usually pictures taken at the convention. So they don't really show you what goes on like before you're at the convention, right? So unless you're a cosplayer or you know cosplayers, you don't know how much work they put into it. Right. So I decided to just a book about that. <laughs> yeah, so the, the second book m went more into that with like interviews. So we were talking about um, cosplay culture and you following cosplayers around. Yeah, because I don't think anybody did that before. And the fact is, a lot of people, when they think of cosplay, they just they meet at conventions. But they kind of miss the point about like what they all do, which is they do a lot of stuff that I don't think the average cosplayer think about. Unless they're obviously cosplayers or friends with cosplayers, they don't see it. So I thought this is a good way to kind of broaden it out. And also, the books makes it accessible to people who don't go to conventions. So they get a chance to see what goes on in conventions without actually... Convention. Yeah, and then I know I I see you talk about it, but um, you're trying to hopefully get a third book out. Yeah, so I did a Kickstarter back in July, but it failed, which I was kind of surprised. But at the other side of it, I wasn't kind of surprised because social media has changed so much, and you know, before you should be able to reach more people, but now it's kind of limiting. So. I'm reconfiguring my book, and then I'm not to another Kickstarter in January of 2020. And that's the third Cosplay America book. And this one's really interesting because I went back and I re-photographed the same cosplayers I photographed in 2009. So right. it's like 10 years. So, and every cosplayer gets a page to talk about their experience cosplaying. So this is the first time I'm giving everybody in the book a chance to have their own words, you know, because a lot of times cosplay books, they just, they just show pictures, and that's basically it. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel that I feel like having their voice gives a better idea of who they are, what they go through, and why they do what they do. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. all right. Um, if there's anything else you want to talk about or mention, I mean, you can do that, or we could just wrap it up right here. Um, let's see. I feel that cosplay has gotten better and what i mean by better is that maybe in 2008 2009 cosplay meant that you were cosplaying from a japanese media which means you know manga anime whatever whatever if you're yeah. into comic book it'd be called costuming but today you're free to cosplay what you want to cosplay there's no boundaries you can alter a costume to your own liking if you want to you can do crossovers you can do all this stuff so before where they say well if you cosplay this character you have to be exactly like this character that's pretty much out the window. Now you can be anybody, anything, which is, I think, it's amazing. And I also felt this is really helpful for some young people because I remember as a teenager, I was trying to figure out who I was at that time. And I wish I had conventions to go to to help me along the way. I didn't figure it, I figured it out on my own, but I think I would have figured it out faster if I was actually at conventions because it's a chance to kind of be with. Look, I was always the geeky comic book anime kid in high school. There wasn't that many people into that stuff. So yeah. that there's a way to connect with people across with the internet and conventions. It's despite the problems that there there is in the cosplay culture, I still think it's in a better place than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely changed. All right. Well, I think that about the good point to wrap up. Um 
thank you guys for listening to another episode of Cosplay Bites, and thank you so much, Ejin, for joining me. I hope you had fun. No worries. That's great. Thank you so much. No problem. So, if you want to follow me, um, you can follow me on my Instagram, Lightning Palace blog, and then just Lightning Palace on my Twitter, and then I also have my Patreon which you can uh, sign up for as well, but it's completely free to view. Um, Ejin, if they want to follow you, where do they go? Cosplayinamerica.com. That's basically it. All my social media is on there. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Take care. Okay, thank you. Have a great one. Bye-bye.